I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, it's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. In a transitional world, right? Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know, sometimes you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know, it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yep. People are worried about skateboarding and the state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we it's take like over the streets. Street. All right, what's up, guys? We're back. Today's guest is Ryan Clemens. I'm hyped to have him. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, I'm stoked that you're on the podcast. Uh, I guess how I start start most of the podcasts is just how did you find skateboarding? Like maybe start with how you got your first board and where it took you from there. Yeah, man, no, no problem. I love talking about that stuff and where it all started. Um, I grew up in uh, in uh, born in Philly and then uh, grew up outside of uh, Philadelphia in South Jersey, and then I moved to Tampa, Florida when I was nine. Damn. And had not discovered skateboarding, but it was like my, my parents should get out of the cold weather. And, uh, and then when I got to Tampa, um, you know, just normal kid, you know, and when I was 12 years old, there was this guy that lived in our neighborhood, and he had a skateboard, he would skate around, and it was like traditional, like, he was a couple years older, and he had like the pink Caballero, this is in 1985, so he had like the pink Caballero with the with the uh, the Powell Dragon going on top of the board, and Sick. he had a trench coat that had like high top converse, and he would have band names written on his trench coat, you know, and I was like, I want to be that dude. That is cool. South so, Jersey. <laughs> yeah, what's that? It's like South Jersey kind of, right? That's yeah, the style? right, yeah. Yeah, except in Tampa. Yeah. So then, like, you know, and, and then uh, I didn't know him. I just saw him. And then these new guys moved into my neighborhood. And the new kid that moved into my neighborhood had a skateboard. And that guy that I'm talking about with the with the trench coat was his cousin. Damn. So that's how I got introduced to skateboarding. And ironically, that kid's name was Jeff Stewart, and his little brother, wow. who didn't even skate yet, is Josh Stewart. Wow. And so I've known Josh since he was in second grade, and I was in sixth grade before we skated Damn. on the same freaking street. And he's a legend. He's a legend, you know, and that the, the best part is we're still, we're like family, you know, like it's, he's like, he's like my brother that I don't talk to all the time, you know, and he basically is, you know, cause I grew up with those guys. I lived at their house and stuff when I was a teenager, when I was having trouble at home and his parents took me in, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's funny because Josh and I work on the opposite sides of skateboarding. He is the fucking most truest, real ass street skating filmer with static and everything he's created. And then on the opposite end, we're these like contractors and retailers that do all these deals with like x, x games and espn and and, and and you know do tour and, and we're doing these contests with corporate sponsorship it's exactly opposite but we're the we're the best of friends and uh we always get to pick up where we where we left off so anyway that's how i got introduced to skateboarding in 85 and just kind of knew that's what i wanted to do you know like i remember the day that i had to quit playing baseball because there was a skateboard contest <laughs> and uh i went to that contest and i met I remember meeting Jimmy the Greek Marcus, and I was just talking to him about this the other day when he was over at my house for Tampa Bro. You know, <laughs> you know, when I was 13, man, you know, and, and well, I'm almost, I'm 41. I mean, it's almost 
that's almost 30 years. Damn, that's know? deep. That's deep for sure. Um, and my on my podcast too, I like to tell people is I like to jump around a bit. There's no real structure. There's no censorship. We can say whatever. Um, I kind of wanted to jump back because you mentioned that um, a family took you in, and and I like to kind of talk about that because uh, people know my story, and I I had the same type of scenario where like a family was just my friends who skated, their family took me in and gave me shelter and like helped me graduate high school. Um, how'd you feel about that? That's pretty cool, man. I mean, I know growing up as a kid, that's nerve wracking and just uncomfortable. Not a lot of people go through that, you know? You know, you, your story is way more, I know, I know your story. I've read it and we've talked about it and, and yours is way more serious than mine. Mine was just like, I have very, my mom's a school teacher and she's amazing. She's in her seventies now. She's totally accepting of everything I've done with my life and who I am and what I look like and all, and all that. She's totally cool with it. But when I was a teenager, her and my dad, they just didn't get what I was into. Like I'm listening to dead Kennedy's Nazi punks fuck off and circle jerks. And like, I'm like, you know, trying to get dreadlocks when I'm 15. And they just didn't, you know, they, they didn't understand. They thought there was something wrong with me. So therefore, and my dad, he always suffered from like, uh, some like mental, like, like stuff. Like he was just like clinically depressed, like his whole life, you know, yeah. he was a good dude, he, but he just, man, he didn't know how to handle a teenager that had a bunch of angst and I had, a, a, you know, a, a powerful personality and I wanted shit my way. And he didn't know how to do that. And he couldn't kick my ass. So he didn't, <laughs> he couldn't do, he couldn't put me in my place. So my place was that I probably should leave for the summer. And that's what I did. I would just, um, <laughs> It was the summer between like 10th and 11th or 11th and 12th grade. And I was always a relatively good student. My mom's a school teacher. She's college educated. My dad was just kind of went from job to job his whole life. He never really accomplished a ton there. But, man, I had a really, really good upbringing. They just – in a super stable home. They just didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. They just didn't know how to, so I had to. So I had to go. That That's what it was. They're great. My mom is still around. My dad died a few years ago. And uh, my mom is like – she's living the life, dude. She's like is retired. She made enough money to do whatever she wants. She's always going on cruises. She's going to Italy. They're like super frugal people. They lived in a one-bedroom apartment, had one car. And I <laughs> – that's how that's how I get it. Oh, them. perfect! Like, I'm the same way. I think I'd like your parents a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I yeah, think that's they're, they're... that's a survivor trait. I always like that because um, people that grow up in recessions and shit like that or whatever, you know, they yeah. end up being real frugal, and then that money ends up helping them out, and they use it wisely. So that's pretty awesome. Um, so you were just like you had a friend and a family, and they're just like, yeah, Ryan, come on in. Like, yeah, that's the, this is a better yeah, environment. That's the Stewarts, yeah. I was they, oh, they yeah. you know, you know, Jeb Stewart and Josh Stewart's parents, you know, his his mom Rachel and his stepdad John, and they, they took me in like I was their own kid, and they like let me live there, and and John gave me my first real job doing construction when I was in high school still, and they like they treated me like one of their own, and they gave me just they just let me be me, you know, and skate and stuff, and I figured out like right away that I wasn't going to be good at skating. Yeah. You know, Jeb Josh's older brother Jeb, he was supposed to turn pro for life skateboards and then he bailed he was living out in um he was living out in, in sf um like just after high school so we, were, we always had ties to the industry like way way back even before skate park of tampa you know started and then once skate park of tampa started obviously tampa got put on the map you know but um yeah even before that we had like these weird ties with like i mean i've known ron allen since i was like 15 damn and so, he's still doing it he was there this year that was a trip so amazing. He was in my house on that Thursday, you know, and at Tampa Bro, and it was just like such an honor to have. He's like Ron Allen. It's a big deal to me that he's still, you know, he was a good influence, you know, to us when he was when he was 
first turned pro and we were still kids. You know, it was pretty rad. Yeah, that's rad. I love anyone who hangs on to skateboarding and keeps it in their life. And, like, yeah. I like I like people, like, especially at 41, like, not afraid to go out there and skate in a pro contest or just get involved and still know yeah. to know that he has value. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty rad to, like, to be that yeah. type of he's dude. Fit. He's 52. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh, he's 52. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm 41. He's 52. That's pretty crazy that he can get off the ground even, you know? Oh, dude. I think he tried the rail. He tried the rail in his run. He board slid it, I believe. Yeah, he did. I think he did board slide the rail in his run, as a matter of fact. All right, so Josh Josh and his brother Jed, right? Yeah. Jed. Okay. Uh, Why did he bail from life? Was he just on life skateboards? Was he just not – didn't want to be pro? You know, I I don't know. I think he just like – he was living in SF. He was living at Ron Allen's house. I think he just felt some weird pressure, um, and and then he just moved. He moved back to Tampa, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. You know, um, because to me it was like, wow, you made it. You're out there. And I mean, he had he had like two page. He had like the content spread in Thrasher. Like he was yeah. he was he was supported at the time. You know, That's sick. he wrote for Think before that. And he wrote for Dogtown before that. Wrote for Motorbuilt. And he was on Venture at that time. Like he was legit, legitimately sponsored, ready to be pro. And then right before one of those, I think it was like Back to the Bay contests or whatever they used to do. I think that's what they're called in SF. Um, he left and came back to Tampa, and, and that was it. And it was interesting because while he was gone in California, Josh started skating avidly. So I started skating with Josh a little more. Oh, and Josh was always more like the creative type, like filming and, you know, kind of being artsy and doing, doing what he does and what he's turned into his craft today, you know, and what he's famous for. Yeah. He was doing it way back, you know, way back then and filming stuff like way back, like man, so long ago. Does he have any footage of you? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. He's got <laughs> footage of us in the, uh, he talks about, it. he's like, man, I got to bust some of this stuff out. Like before, like he skated, I think we had like a jump ramp and a quarter pipe and this little, weird little ledge that we used to do rail slides on, you know, like PVC slider bars and stuff. And, and Jeb was super, Jeb, his brother, man, was really, really talented skater. Like he, and it's crazy because he's, he's like had a lot of struggles, like substance struggles his whole life. And, and when he comes back and he's sober and he like, even up, up until like a year ago, skating my driveway, he will not step on a skateboard for a year. And then he's like doing airs over the hip and on some like, quarter pipe. And I'm like, how the fuck, man? You don't even really see it and you can still do it because he's just got that. Yeah, like ability. other people have to work so hard for it. It's so funny. <laughs> I know a couple yeah. people like that. They just like don't care at all. And then when they get on it, it's just they destroy it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dude, I've been trying so hard for so long. You just piss me yeah. off. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like, you know, at my, at my, like, I, it's so hard for me to, to, to skate. You know, like I have to put 100% effort into it. It doesn't, nothing comes naturally. Yeah. I mean, I love it. But, you know, I'm actually right after this. My friends are out skating in the driveway right now. I'm going to skate after our, after our call. Sick. Yeah. Um, so, all right, I kind of want to move along from here. Yeah. Um, so we, how do we get into Tampa forming a scene? Like, I, I, I don't really know all the history of Florida and Tampa and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm assuming that you guys formed some sort of scene, scene and it just kind of blossomed yeah. from there. It, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't, I can't say I really had anything to do with like forming the scene. I mean, I was there, you know, um, yeah. the, what Paul, Paul Zitzer moved to Florida and, um, he, had a warehouse with a vert ramp in it. He was going, he was going to college at USF, and he had a, a warehouse with a vert ramp in it. And that was supposed to be like a pay-to-play type thing. Um, let me pull it back a little bit more. Before that, there were a couple vert ramps. Um, there was like the dollhouse vert ramp, and that guys like Rob Mertz and Ken Sigafoos used to skate there. That's when I was really young. Hell yeah. And then, 
Then there was Chuck's ramp in Clearwater. That's where Mike Frazier used to skate. And I had heard about Mike, this guy named Mike Frazier that was really good. He's and good then, at gambling, and, too. Sorry to cut you yeah, off, he but he's good, good, at good at gambling. gambling. <laughs> he's, still good at gambling. he's still good at everything. He's a natural, like, he's a hard worker, man. He's, like, really good at anything he tries. Super athletic, and he's just an awesome dude all the way around. Hell yeah. And then there was this other guy named Leonard that had a vert ramp as well, and I kind of became friends with Leonard, and I would go skate his ramp. And then that's how the whole scene started getting tied together with those three different ramps. And then there was an indoor roller rink that had a vert ramp called Astroskate. And so that's where everyone got to know each other. So it was like the guys from Tampa, like me and Jeb, and then like the Brandon dudes, like Schaefer and those guys. And then I've met like Montessi, Lance Conklin, Scott Conklin, Bo Turner, like all these dudes, Mike Dare, George Dare, all these dudes that were like really good skaters from the area. Everyone went there, and I'm probably forgetting some people. So Astroskate was like the first scene. And we would go there on Saturday nights because they would pull ramps out onto the roller skating floor. And then they had the vert ramp on Saturday nights only. So it was like every Saturday night. And Lance Conklin and I were talking about this this past weekend at Tampa Pro. It was like every Saturday night you had to miss it. You had to be there because there was no social media. You could never miss it. And it's like you had, you know, this is the way it worked, you know. I hit the tail end. Like when I started skating, there was definitely still no social media either. So like I remember we had a gas station and that was our spot. We were like everyone just meet there after school or whenever. It's funny yeah. how things have changed quite a bit, but it's crazy yeah. how many heavy hitters are coming that were in Florida. Like everyone you name has built a career or done something epic in skateboarding. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's legendary. Like, even before I worked in the industry, my friends all turned pro, and at the same time, like I had met Matt Milligan and Alyssa Steamer and Alan Russell. They all live like a couple hours south. And then if you go way back, like from Orlando, like Shannon May. He used to be pro for GNS. He lived in Orlando. And Tito Parada, who still works at Team Pain. It's crazy, like, how many people in Florida. It was, like, this real – it was real small, you know? Yeah. And then, then when it got up to, day, like, to Daytona, there's still dudes from, like, the, that whole that whole scene that I'm friends with today. Not as many of the term pro. I'm sure there are. But then go back to, like, other parts of Florida. Like, Chris Markovich lived in Pensacola. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we would meet all these just people from kind of kind of everywhere in Florida because it's – because, you know, back then there weren't a lot of skaters. So it was like, if something was going on, everyone went there. Damn. Everyone was participating. So fast forward, Astro Skate um, gets rid of the ramp. Time goes by. We all get older. Some people go to college. Some people start working. Paul Zitzer moves down to Tampa to go to college. So he put a vert ramp in a warehouse. And that lasted for one year. And was that, 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 sorry to cut you off, that was the pay-to-play spot? You could pay to, to skate there, yeah, and it was, like, super cheap, but, of course, no one paid, you yeah. know? <laughs> it was pay-to-play. It was like, hey, you know, if you pay three bucks a time, there were some guys that were key holders. I think Paul's parents paid for most of it, and I think after a year, they were just over it because they're not going to foot the bill. The rent was, like, 900 bucks, and, you know, it's like, they, I know they weren't going to just continue just to do that. You yeah, know? you guys had a good run with a year. <laughs> yeah, right? And then the vert ramp went into storage, and then that's when Schaefer started looking for warehouses, and so that's... That's, that vert ramp was kind of like, hey, if we get a warehouse, we already got a vert ramp. So oh, sick. That, and those, those guys all did that. Like I had, I mean, I was around. I was there the day that we started building the vert ramp, and I would I would mow the lawn at the skate park. That's what I would do. I would mow the lawn at the park because I had a landscaping business at the time. And then um, and I would be around. I would go skate on Friday and Saturday nights with Rob Marinick when the skate park first started because Rob and I were friends. I had my own business. He had graduated college, and he was a CPA. And we were some of the only, and then Schaefer, we were the only dudes in our crew that had money. So we would like go out to dinner together and then go out to bars together and stuff. And that's how I started becoming really close friends with those guys. That's tight. And then, yeah. And so 
that scene was getting formed. I mean, like during that time at skate park, I was in and out. Like I would go skate there. I didn't live there like a lot of the guys, and I didn't participate in a ton of partying because I was just like working and going going to college, community college, and things. And so it I didn't seems. Participate. Sorry to cut you off again, but it oh. seems it seems to me that you're you're business minded because at a young age you already were like working and you were kind of like it seems like you're you uh, yeah. excel at that. <laughs> I was always like scared to fail, I think, or something, or like trying to prove my dad wrong or something, you know, that whole thing, you're trying to make your dad happy or something, I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but I did really start working really young, and, and only until recently have I started having a little control of, like, my hours and time and spending time with my family, having a kid was the best thing for that, because now I can't work 12 hours a day. It forces you, it forces you to, like, take some time and put it aside. It's been really good, you know, and, and so, uh, yeah, it, it, I have to, like, start and stop. They're at Disney right now, so it's perfect. That's oh, why I, have sick. To, I knew it would, it would work out really good today. You know, the family's at Disney, and I, and, I, and I left work early. I'm at home now, so, you know, to do this. But, but yeah, like, those guys were really creating that scene um, at, at Spot, at Skate Park of Tampa, and I got to go in and out, and then once they built the bowl out back, that first metal bowl, I was like, fuck yes, <laughs> something I want to skate all the time. And so it really kept me skating like the entire time. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you were you were and just used to you were just used to the humidity because you grew up there. <laughs> you're so used to it, it's like it didn't even yeah it doesn't even phase me you know and and then and then I, I you know I was good friends with Brian you know because like we just had stuff in common he owned skate park I, I was fascinated with it I thought it was rad I was I was just like and then I had a business and we both had this certain level of success and then I was like hey man I should come work here. Yeah. And he was like, "What are you gonna do here?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Be the general manager. I want to work. I want to work here." So I, I started working there in 90, the beginning of '98. That's, That's so sick. That's just how that happened. That's fucking epic. Yeah, man. It, I, like I just saw opportunity, and I was like, "He he's like the one that can. He means a, a, a great creator, man. The dude can like come up with shit and make it happen." And then like I'm very structured, so it like it was like it, I looked to me like I'm not a risk taker. Yeah. He was. It was like the perfect match. Like, oh, I can bring some stability and some business to this, and you're the one taking risks. So it's like this. It's kind of formed this kind of like a healthy balance, bad, like a healthy yeah, balance. Really balance. Yeah. And then once we had Rob in there, a few years later, I think it was three years later, Rob started, and it made. And then Rob's like, Rob's like the brains, you know, like he's like the smartest dude in skateboarding. You know, Rob's Rob's phenomenal. So you get that computer mind, and he's also a CPA. He's a programmer and a CPA. Damn. So he's got the numbers, the the programming. And he's a skater, so it's like you don't have to. Ex- you know how like when you w- you can work with people like that in skateboarding, but they don't get the skating part of it. Yeah. But Rob does because he's a lifelong skateboarder. So you know, like when Rob writes like these scoring systems and does all this like phenomenal work on these numbers work and all that, he already understands it. You don't have to explain to him like, oh, this is what I need. It needs to be like this. Like if you were going to write, if a regular programmer was going to write a, a skateboard scoring system. They would have to know skateboarding already. Yeah, and that's the hard part. Teaching that part, you know. Yeah, that's completely true, man. It. I. I love skateboarders. I think skateboarders are so ahead of the time. Like, I think this is the years for skateboarders because I. I don't know. Skateboarding started like from just people being individuals and being free thinkers and looking at yeah. things in a different light and appreciating different things like handrails and obstacles and shit. And that's like all the qualities we need today to rebuild society and make it what we want it to be. You know. Yeah. Um, but I love that I love that all three of you guys are different and came together because skateboarding for a long time, as you know, it became kind of like 
just one one way. You know what I mean? Like skaters were just. I think I think the industry blew up really big, and people like had to cater to like the money. You know. So now I feel like it's kind of loosening up again, and I start seeing all different styles and flavors and personalities. Like skateboarding yeah. should be for everyone, and you you guys are a perfect example of that. Like three different people with three different skill sets. But you all had skating in common, came together and made made something epic for years, and brought right. a lot of joy to skateboarders and skateboarding. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, man. It, yeah, that was that was pretty like a magical time because like all those years we were working there, we just me and Rob, you know, obviously Brian's still doing it, and it's like we were just trying to do cool shit. So like you put hard work, a couple of ambitious people and smart people together, and and add in the the mix of skateboarding, and like these rad things happen, you know? And, yeah. And and like. You know, like Brian started Tampa Pro, and then him and Rob started Dam Am, and then I started helping with Dam Am, and I started working on the contest too, and oh. brought kind of like the behind the scenes stuff. And then when we were like some of the first people doing webcasts of contests back then, dude, you know? absolutely. And, then this, and this webcast last weekend was a top quality broadcast production. It's like what it's gone to and, and evolved and innovated into in the in the past fifteen years is amazing, man. You know, to yeah. see that. The beauty of having the beauty of having something that's grown for twenty plus years is you can see yeah. the growth. You can oh one second. I think that's my. I think that's on my end. Okay, it just paused, but let me see. Maybe I'm gonna decline it. Hold on. Oh. There we go. All right, we're back. My I have yeah. someone who edits my podcast, so if there's anything like that, they can edit it out. They put an intro and they'll have show notes and everything. I'll email them over to you. Um, oh really? Yeah. yeah, it's it's I got it legit. Um. The beauty of having something that's like 20 years long is you can see that the evolution and that's like amazing because it's it's rad to like follow a narrative and see the story grow and see just hard work turning because it's like you guys didn't go into it knowing what you're doing and and I think nowadays a lot of people are scared like they don't want to work shitty jobs they want to be entrepreneurs and try shit and it's cool like what you guys built and what you're still building on your end and even Schaefer like you guys have a timeline that people could look at and just be like wow, look at the growth and look at the progress. And that's just tenacity and hard work, you know, and just willingness to try. It is willingness to try. And then like, the, the, it's great because, and even now, I'm like, of course it's different now because I'm, I'm, it's 15 years later and I have a family and I need health insurance and, and all that kind of shit that goes along to like real, real <laughs> responsibility. Life, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but like, I'm not, it's not just me anymore, you know, but, but we, we still do it now and we did it then we did, Rad things in skateboarding first, and then money came second. And don't get me wrong, I need money. Obviously, everything I do has to revolve around money. But, I mean, we get to dictate what it is. I just I just did a deal today that we're going to have a new obstacle in the TF. Um, and, and they tried to, like, change it. And I was like, no, man, it's got to be like this. Because if it's not like this, then it's we're not going to do it because it doesn't serve the purpose of the skateboarding that we needed to serve. Yeah. So. It's got to be that first, and and you know I, I had left money on the table and whatever, but then they came back and were like, okay, we'll do we'll do it how you want. Well, there was a bit of a compromise, but but they're like, it was more how we wanted it, you know. And it was and it was great because I, I thought that I got it through to him. I was like, hey, look, like you're not you're seeing it only your way. You have to see it our way too. And this is what we need to pr- provide for the skateboarders. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. So it, it turned out really good, man, and, and I'm really stoked on it. We get to do that on a regular basis, you know. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot because. One, first, you reassured me because you said you did rad stuff first and then the money comes. Because like start, I started my brand all I need and it's been growing and it's like I'm seeing progress and that's awesome to me because I started out not knowing anything and I just had so much doubt and fear and worry and like 
And now I start to see the all the hard work and the inches are adding up and it's like starting to turn into like what I imagined it could be, you know? And, um, but my approach is similar. It's like just sacrifice in the beginning and make sure skateboarding and contributing to skateboarding is first and let it grow. Don't take from the brand. Like that's been my approach. Like none of the money, it all goes back into skate culture, creating content, giving kids their dreams, like taking people to California, like creating stuff that gets skateboarders hyped and skateboarding hyped. And then just so like every board we sell, that's where that money goes. And I'm like, I don't need to make money off of it. I don't care. Like we, I want this thing to grow as big as we can and support everybody and have fun. And, and what you said was perfect. Cause I was like, that's what you guys did. You guys just put yeah. skating first and didn't worry about the money. And it just grew, you know, yeah. I, cause I, a lot of people get into business and, and they think that the money's just going to come and they, they think they have a great idea. It's just going to work. And I, as I get older, I'm learning, I'm like, no, things take time. You have to be patient. And that's like a hard thing for a lot of people. They give up before they give it a fair shot, you know? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of like entrepreneurs, they're, they're not patient people. They're, you know, one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And it's like, I have to learn that too. And, and I, I'm not really a traditional entrepreneur. I'm not much of a risk taker. I, I don't go on crazy whims and I, I don't do crazy ideas. I'm pretty calculated. So sometimes I have to actually step out of that. And Rob, Rob's good at that sometimes. He was like, man, quit thinking about like the money we're going to spend on it and think about what the result's going to be. And I'm like, okay, I have to do that sometimes. He's like, man, just don't equate. Just the in longer term, like don't try to get money right now. So that that's always good advice, and it's good to hear it from someone else. It's good to I mean, you're, when you're surrounded by people with other ways of thinking. I like to think like at work that even even though technically like I run it or whatever, like but that it, it's an open forum. If you don't like what I'm doing, we can we can talk about it. That's you know right. I mean? It's not just like it's not a dictatorship. It's like it's like hey, if you don't like it, I mean, there's a way to do it. You can't like you know, there's a professional way to, to disagree with your boss, you know? And it's like, and I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, if, if people don't like it my way and I, and they have a better way, like I'm, I'm down, I, I definitely encourage it, you know? Yeah. Conversation and debate is beautiful and, and it, and it takes a skill and I'm learning that as I do the podcast. Cause I try to, I'm getting better cause I talk to different people from different walks of life. And, uh, I agree. Like that's an awesome thing to do. Have an open forum because, if people are all invested, if the, if you say your employees are invested and you say, hey, we're building this together, then they got to have say and you guys got to be able to, you know, debate it or argue yeah. it out and see each other's perspective to you compromise a bit and make something awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's all. Sure. That's awesome that that's like that. Um, I wanted to I want to kind of jump around right now a little bit. Um, I want to talk about um, just Tampa AMs and pros and like you said you're a general manager for the majority of that. Yeah, yeah, since about, well, I mean, I didn't jump right into that position because there was a lot to learn yeah. about how it worked, you know? So I started, I probably didn't, like, really do any sort of management at the park until, like, probably the middle of 98 or towards the end of 98, you know? Then I kind of just jumped into that role, kind of just created that role because it didn't exist, you know? There's only, like, four or five employees at the time, you know? So just kind of created that role of, like, management and structure and, and whatever. But, you know, like, it it... it we were super small. We were winging it. We didn't know what we were doing, and we we're just going. We we're just going for it, you know. With just like just trying to make it happen, and, and you know, partying the whole time along the way, and it was like super, super fun, you know. Yeah. So I was. I think I volunteered at the '97 Tampa Pro and the '96 Tampa Pro, and then and '98 was the first one I actually like worked at skate park as an employee, you know. Um, and then and then just kind of learned it from there, you know, like learned hustling the sponsorships and 
and it took me years and years and years, but to understand the proper branding and, you know, times change, you know, there were no, there were barely any videos back then. It was like four on one, you know, it was yeah. only one filming the video and put it out, you filming the contest and put it out, you know? So it was different because we would put stickers down. So the photos would be in the magazines. And it was always like, how many pages can we get in the magazine? And it's like Thrasher doing 10 pages, big brothers doing 12, trans world's doing six. You know, it, it was, it was really rad during, during those times when uh, we were just learning. It was kind of like, wild west style we're going for it we're wondering if we're going to be in business or out of business and then and then it got to a point where we kind of were outgrowing the warehouse a little bit yeah and we uh we we were going to move and the landlord offered us uh to buy the warehouse and that's that's what we did in in 1998 probably 2001 or two we bought we bought the building what do you so that was like sorry to cut you uh, off um what do you i i got a quick question um yeah. Was it, when when did you guys realize you had something special? Like when when did you? Yeah, I guess probably around then when it was like, hey, we're buying this building. Yeah, you know, like maybe around then. That's for me that I was like, wow, maybe this is going to be my career because I started there thinking like I was twenty five, twenty four, twenty five, and I was like, well, this would be cool. I'll do this for a few years and then maybe I'll go back to college or uh, who the hell knows what. Start another lawn maintenance company. I don't know what I was going to do. I was like, but this will be really fun because I had you know no girlfriend and no responsibilities and it did, you know, I, it just had minimum, you know, normal guy in his mid twenties life and I could do whatever I wanted. So yeah, there doesn't seem like there was like a lot of, uh, it's not like a corporate job. So it's almost fun too. You know what I mean? Like that's awesome. It was totally fun. Yeah. And I went from like walking behind a lawnmower all day, which don't get me wrong. I learned a lot doing that. It was cool because I owned my own business and built that up from nothing and had a couple employees and a couple different trucks. Wow. Cool Sick. Learned a lot when I was young. And then I kind of brought that, like I have that now, I have that, ability to like organize things like organ you know what i mean i'm like on borderline like ocd almost like i'm good at organizing things and making and making them happen that's you know, right. i would have been a good like military dude in hindsight <laughs> you know i could have i could have like done really well in like the army or something well because, i'm glad you didn't i'm glad you didn't go i know <laughs> I, I know i would have been like a lifelong person i'd probably be some sort of general or something now because it's like i'm a, i'm a good i'm like you know when we contract for like adidas you know for skate copa it's like you know we're you know we have eight guys and we're on the job at 5.45 in the morning we're setting the branding up and running everything and it's all going the whole day and it's like then we take it down and we go to the next one it's like it's all this whole like I have it all like calculated out to the minute like hey Anthony you're going to show up at 7.15 and when you get here you're doing this and Rothmeyer when you get here you're charging the iPad when you get it's like I have that skill set you know and and that worked at skate park in some ways because no one else like that's not a normal skill set in skateboarding so <laughs> you tell me that again, man. Everyone, right? no one, because a lot of people get into skating because it's very free formed. It's like you can do right. whatever, whenever. There's no rules. There's no coach. There's just like fucking playful time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that part's true too. But if you're running a business behind the scenes, like it was like business in the back. You know, we're being real serious about it. You know, and and but up front, man, we're having a blast, and it, it was fun the whole way through. I mean, of course, like in any business, there's times that are that suck, and there's times that that don't. But uh, but yeah, man, it was like. It was a it was a hell of a learning experience during that time. And you you so definitely, about- sorry, you definitely need a piece like you because I realize in business that that if there isn't someone like you in business, then it gets too sloppy, and then it's like you need someone yeah. that's going to be willing to take those responsibilities. That some you know, you sound like it's easy for you, but you know, someone either like I have to do that with my thing. Like I was a pro skateboarder, having fun, willy nilly, traveling the world, economy yeah. crash, skateboard brands downsize. 
they said, you know, that I have no more sponsors. I was like, well, I'm just going to keep the party going with my own brand. I'll sponsor kids. I took on that responsibility of trying to be more structured and, like, it's been a yeah. learning process. And I realized how incredibly hard. I wish I was a bit OCD like you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just have that. I, like, I don't, I don't, it, it's just I'm good at it. And that's what, that's my role. So I'm not trying to be, like, a sales guy or a marketing guy or some creative guy i'm not really that dude and i'm, I'm like aware of it you know yeah like, that's I good get, you know your strength it's fun good i don't react I don't, and i don't react quickly like and sometimes when i see the guys doing something at work and i'm like wait put the brakes on stop and let's think about it and let's think about how we can make it different or better and what's the end result and rob's really good at that too he like you know so, but sometimes we all get caught up and we get excited about something we work on it on a whim and i'll put the brakes on and the dudes are like man you're ruining the fun i'm like i'm not trying to ruin the fun I'm just trying to make it to where, like, we're working on what's the most important thing to work on, and are we doing the best we can at it? Because if we can't do it good, why, why even bother? Yeah. I look at it like that. Like, if you're not good at it, why put out – I mean, the world – everything is so visible nowadays. Everyone sees every single thing you do. So if it's shitty, if – like, like we're not good at manufacturing, like, hats and shirts and sweatshirts and boards. And, we're not that good at it. So we haven't been doing it. Yeah. You know? We have T-shirts and hats, and that's it. But we're not, it's not, we're not really good at it. You know, we're not graphics guys and, and sourcing guys and all. We could be, but we're not naturally that. So yeah. we don't really do it much. You know, that's, that's one thing that we like kind of, kind of say no to. Yeah. And that's you know? good. That's good too. Cause in business, you got to know your strength, but you got to know your weaknesses yeah. as well. You know what I mean? We're good rule. We're good. We're good. Uh, <laughs> we're good contractors. We know how to fulfill contracts really good. That's and right. It, it's, it's funny how that works. You know, like. Some people get a 20-page contract from ESPN and they'd be intimidated by it. But for me, it's like I'm not – like I go in and like – I'm like, oh, we'll change this and we'll do that and we'll do this and this makes it more sense. And like I'm, I'm very comfortable doing that. you know. And that's that's how we got into like you know doing deals for skaters too because all those years I did banner sponsorship deals at Skate Park. And they got pretty serious over the years, you know, pretty, pretty good amounts of money being thrown around, you know. And so I got very comfortable with discussing numbers with brands. So when a skater – you know, sometimes I – you know, we've been helping skaters and, you know, doing a little bit of representat- representation along with the management stuff we do. And, and it's been very natural and easy to do because we understand it. We inherently understand the value of skateboarders and the, what they, what their, what their value is to the brands. Yeah. So I'm not some dumbass that's going to go up and go for this pro, this sea level pro, we want 250,000 a year where some agents do that. And it's like, it's, it's offensive. It's stupid. Well, you fuck, you fuck over the sea level pro because now he's not going to get a deal. <laughs> I, mean, hey, like, yeah. I know a sea level pro, and I'm going to go up and go, "Hey, can we get this dude three thousand a month?" Yeah, like I know what's realistic and what's not. So you know, and and, and we've been we've been doing quite a bit of that. You know, yeah, and, that's, that's not a dis. We that's... need all the level pros. You know, we don't need just a level. It'd be dumb if we all only had the a level pros. You need all pros in skateboarding. Yeah, I love that. I love what you just said. I completely agree with that. Hence the reason why I do a podcast. Because I feel like in skateboarding nowadays, it's a little strange because the media platform has changed. You know what I mean? So now, like, contests are massive. Brands are coming back now, which, which you see, like, small brands popping up and stuff like that. Um, there's just so many pro skateboarders that I'm just, like, I look at and I'm like, they're so valuable. Like, whether it's their humor or their craziness or whatever. And I was like, podcasting is beautiful in that sense because I could have on Mike Peterson, which I did. And that dude's amazing, and he still brings value to skateboarding. And like I have him, yeah. And like I have him on, and he talks about trying to start up a shop. And like it's like he's still building up the industry, and he still deserves to be heard and his light to be shined, you know. And like I think like having different 
avenues and approaches to business and in skateboarding i think we need to mature as a, as a skateboarding it doesn't have to just be contest or just street it could be like all these different things can be involved like you don't have to be the best skateboarder to be involved in skateboarding like you guys are an example of that you guys you guys you didn't go pro but you've built something in skateboarding that is amazing you know what i mean so i, I yeah, love that i appreciate that and like i i can you know i'm gonna have i'm and I'm, a, I'm an avid skateboarder. I mean, I physically skate on a regular basis, not very well, but I do it. But it, it's like, I almost feel like, I feel like I owe it to skateboard. Like I have to skate. Like if I didn't skate, I have the, I'm healthy. I feel good. And I have this amazing skate park in my front yard. If I don't skate, I feel like guilty to skateboard. I'm like, I fucking owe this. Like I, like it was funny when we did Tampa bro at my house and we did that little contest. I don't know if you know, we did a contest here and it was, it was really fun. Yeah. I heard about bro, it pros and bros you know skating together as a team and i like practiced for weeks ahead of time <laughs> on what i was going to do because i'm like this is my driveway that i built that i am gonna that i promote on a regular basis like this is cool i better fucking come out good on it <laughs> come out swinging you know? <laughs> yeah man for sure it's like you know I, I would be embarrassed if i if i didn't like i just built this to be cool or something now, i fucking built it to skate and you know whether whether i were and you know i had that you know a couple years ago like I didn't know if I was going to work in skateboarding anymore, you know, just over two years ago. You know, yeah. I was like, how's this going to work? But I'm still a skater. And if, if I never was able to work in skateboarding again after Skate Park in Tampa, I sure as hell would still be skating my driveway because it's just what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say, it's funny. You have the same approach with, with everything. And you said it earlier, and I appreciate it. You said if you're going to do something, let's do it good. And I see that when you won all those fucking industry contests. And <laughs> just like I had the Tiger, like you wanted to do well. Yeah. And you handle handle well under pressure. I mean, it's not the pro contest, but still, that's amazing. Yeah. That's it's awesome, man. I, I <laughs> but that's a good skill to have, man. I think uh, appreciation and hard work and wanting to do something well and apply yourself and that's fucking awesome characteristics. I I kind of want to jump around a little bit. Um, we were just kind of talking about how you're building your own thing right now within skateboarding. I guess we kind of got to talk about leaving skate park at Tampa and yeah. how how the transition happens. Oh, well, um, let's see, without getting super detailed, uh, it was, it, I was definitely a bit of, uh, surprised when, when Brian didn't want me working there anymore, you know, and that, that was a bit of a shock, you know? Yeah. Um, I knew, I knew he didn't, I knew he didn't appreciate what I did. I mean, I could tell, you know, and, and he kind of told me he didn't appreciate what I did and, and how I did it and the way I handled things. And he told me that, you know, several times over the years. And then it was a rough year before he let me go from skate park and but then you know like you know i mean i I went to work that january 2nd and i think it was 2012 yeah 2013 14 it was 2013 january 2nd 2013 and he's like hey you're done give me your keys get out see ya and i was like okay i guess um you know and then you know, we keep talking, you know, because there was so much to, to transfer over and I was super cool about it, man. I just gave all my files over and, you know, like walked through the sponsorship deals and explained what I was doing and, you know, for all the big picture stuff. And then, um, and then I was like, Hey, what are we going to do about like, you know, spot productions? Cause I own a third of the company, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, and I also own the property that skate park sits on. I own 25% of that. And I still own it. So oh, shit. Yeah, and, and so uh, you wish under, them well. <laughs> we had three. Yeah, we have three companies. We had Skate Park of Tampa Inc., which he owned and could fire me from. Yep. We had Spot Productions that that we owned together, me, him, and Rob equally. That you can't fire someone that owns their own company. Yeah. And third, Interstate Warehouses that owns a property that yeah, same same thing. 
Um, I own 25% of that. So when that's when it started to get it started to get nasty because he was like, "Well, you know, nothing. You're not going to really get anything." And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. Um, all right." And these are just still conversations. There was nothing like written yet. There yeah. were no deals going back and forth and all that. Just and like so emo- it, emotions, you think? Like just emotions and arguments? Dude, and, yeah. It was real emotional, man. It was real. Emotional. I'm sure but, after that long of business together and knowing each other, yeah, through and through, you know. And I was like. I wasn't too emotional. I was, in some ways, super bummed, man, you know, because, like, it's my whole career and my identity, and I, I love the place, and, you know, I love everything it stands for. Skate Park Tampa is the fucking best skate park in the world, you know? It's like, you know? So, but, and the other part of me was like, well, now I'm free. I can I can do exactly what I want to do, which I didn't know what that was, but I was free. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool and, and liberating and rad. My wife was, like, seven months pregnant at the time, and we were, like, I was starting this whole new journey. And I, like I told you, I'm frugal. I live below my means. I didn't have to. I was okay. It's not like I was working oh, on money. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I could have gone a couple years without working or whatever. It didn't, it didn't matter. Like, you know, because I'm just like I said, but not because I have a lot of money, but because I've made good choices with the money I have. You know what I mean? I understand. Like I understand completely because when World Industries let me go because they dropped their skateboarding because they're businessmen and not skateboarders and they didn't want to invest yeah. in skateboarding anymore, which makes total sense to me because if you're not a skateboarder, why the fuck do you care? Why would you want to keep yeah. something going that's losing money? Right. Perfect Good sense. Question. But I'm the same way. I'm frugal. So I saved enough money that it wasn't like an initial shock and I had some time and I just yeah. and then I just took that money and put it into skateboards. <laughs> which then <laughs> took away my which took away my comfort zone because then I was like, Well, I'm spending this money to start a brand, so now I gotta figure shit out. Um Yeah, exactly. Alright, so heated well, well, heated moving yeah, along. So- so, and then what happened, like, a couple weeks after it, and I was really, I sent, like, that email out, maybe you got it too, like, hey, I'm no longer with Skate Park or whatever, and, man, I, I was so humbled. I got 750 replies to that email. Wow. And, like, it took me a month to return all the phone calls. Wow. It was so awesome. And I was like, wow, okay, this will work. You know, like, this, this, this is going to work. I, if I have this many people interested in talking to me. I, I probably did something right over the years, and I have friends and I have supporters, and so yeah, that's we'll a see, that's a testament to how you treat people. That's awesome. That felt really good, and I, I didn't know that that was going to happen because I I really thought a lot more people, a lot less people were my friends and more my business associates. I found out I had a lot of friends out there, and that felt really good. Fucking right, you know? <laughs> that was really really good. Um, and then it, it started getting weird right when the first group to reach out to me which was the guys from Copenhagen. So we had been doing Copenhagen Pro for five years. And they reached out and they said, the dude's name is William. He's the best dude. He's like, mate, what the fuck is going on? And I answered the phone. It was some weird number on a Saturday afternoon, like plus four nine zero 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 one. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I answered the phone. And he's like, mate, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, what do you mean you're leaving the skate park? I'm like, what? Well, I, I didn't exactly leave. This is kind of what happened. And he's like, well, are you going to do contests? And I'm like, well, I'm going to do whatever comes my way. So, yeah, I guess. And it, are you asking me to do your contest? He's like, yeah, I am. And wow. I'm going to call Skate Park and tell him that I'm choosing you to do my contest. Wow. So then the shit kind of hit the fan between me, me and Brian. And Rob was still working with Brian at the time. So it made it. And Rob and I are like best bros. He's the easiest dude in the world to get along with. I love and respect him more than anything. And, like, it made it really it was a serious strain Hold on, hold on, Ryan. You know, like now he's now he's hot in the middle. One second. You good? Yeah, just let it catch up real quick. Sorry. All right, so Rob's caught. Rob's caught in the middle. Yeah, Rob's caught in the middle, and then we all start kind of negotiating, and and Brian was like, you know, I remember this conversation, and he's like, 
man, you're taking my business now? And I'm like, well, it's a third of your business. And it's a third of my business. And it's a third of Rob's business. So I'm not really taking anything at this point, you know? It's a partnership. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, and so I'm going to go forward and start working. And, and that's how it got, that's how it kind of got nasty. And then, um, then I was no longer fast forward because I don't want to tell every detailed conversation gets so boring, you know? No. Yeah. But, uh, that felt like an attack. Forward. That felt like an attack to him. When, I, when I see it, I see it as a partnership. I, I would agree. If you guys all agreed together, third of third, third, that's a partnership. Yeah. You lose some value when a partner leaves. So. Yeah, it, right. And that's all I wanted was, was what I wanted my third. Yeah. And there was value in that business, which obviously what we built with the border in just two years, there's a ton of value in that business. That that whole contracting will create events for you and run events and own our own events. And it, it works. It's a profitable business. And it's a needed thing in skateboarding. Totally. I mean, someone needs to run proper events in skateboarding. We've stepped up to try to fill that void. And, and I'm really stoked on how it's turned out, you know? Yeah, you so, guys have did... done amazing stuff for sure. Sorry to cut you off, but I want to praise you because I really, I admire everything for sure. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, it means it means a lot coming from you. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Like on a smaller level, I have a local contest myself, so I start to see like all the yeah, challenges. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I see all the stuff you guys have overcome and kept going and built up. So I can really appreciate from a different angle. I'm like, these guys have really done that time and effort and work and are intelligent. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Um. So so we just started trying to like figure out, hey, how's this gonna work? And then. And then it just got a little weird, I think, with some people wanting to leave over there. Um, things changed right away, which, of course, Brian took the lead over there. And, and he, you know, I had the lead all those years, and he took the lead, and things are going to be different. That, that doesn't make, make them. People are creatures of habits, you know? Yeah. And they don't want things to change, so people wanted to leave, and then ultimately Rob wanted to leave. And so once Rob left, well, I don't want to leave George out of the story. George got fired the same day I did. And so George came and started working with me immediately. Wow. And we were doing our business management stuff. We started like literally the next day we started. Um, January 3rd, we started working. So, and I was already doing that business management stuff on the side of the skate park, which part of, which I think was kind of in the end part of the reason for the fallout because Brian didn't really, I don't think he really liked it that I did it, you know, and that he wasn't part of it. So, do you still do yeah. it now? That's what I do. Yeah. That's like our main, I mean, we do events and that's what we promote. But we have this whole other business called Excel Management. We have 15 pros that we manage. Wow. Some that we do deals. Yeah, some that we do deals for. It's a very low key. It's like I don't have like shirts, hats, and stickers. I don't promote it. No Instagram, nothing. It's just like a word of mouth type thing. And so we do. You know, we you can go to the the name of the website's excelforward.com and and uh, you know you can go to it and check it out. All our clients are on there, and and what we do is on there. And it's just like, a, but like I said, it's a very low key business. It's not a sales pitch. It's just like people that know know. Yeah. You know, and pros. Successful pros or pros in general need they need help whether it be with managing their money taxes you know um, just figuring out how to do deductions and file returns and do all that stuff and and then it naturally turned into representation um, yeah. you know because you know I talked to a pro about you know their shoe deal and then they're like oh wait you think it should be more or you think it should be that? and like yeah I think it should be more like I don't think you're getting paid enough because I know what people make I know what I know what fifteen pros make yeah. exactly what they make. So I have a good scale of like, you know, we work with P-Rod and we work with, uh, we used to work with Fred Gall. So I know the whole spectrum, uh, <laughs> whole spectrum of what people make. So I'm, I'm well aware of like what you make and what you should be making and your value and just being inherently, the inherent knowledge we have of being skateboarders all these years and understanding the industry. You know, we, I know what people should be making. So, so yeah, you know, and that, you know, I think that was part of the downfall, uh, the, the fallout of the park. Brian wasn't very happy that I did that at all. And then, um, 
And then when Rob came over and joined me and quit Skate Park, well, we were now two-thirds owners of Spot Productions. So then it changed. Then it changed, and we and we and it got really nasty and legal because it had to because that was the only way to solve anything. Yeah, and it was made. You know, so we just all needed to get out of that business as soon as possible and come to an agreement. So both sides had lawyers, and we just settled it all and 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 dissolved the company. It seems like it's, it seems like it was for the best because when things become unhealthy like that, it's almost no repairing it after a long time. So. It, it it was it can't be repaired. It, what was done, it was done, and 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 that's that. And I'm not mad about it, but at the same, you know, actually, I, I'm the exact opposite. I'm actually very psyched on the way things turned out. But I I I could never go back to the way it was. It was a part of my life, and it was it was a time. It's kind of like it's kind of I mean, like I was married before too. I'm like, like mad at my ex wife. It's just like the same shit. It's like I had a great time. I thought I I, I appreciate everything I learned, and and I would never go back to my ex wife, and I would never go back and work there. Actually, never say never. You never know. <laughs> well, yeah, I but I, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. It's like chapters. You know what I mean? It's like you got to finish yeah. the book. You can't kind of go back while you're writing. Yeah. It. You know what? I I should probably I probably I have to say I'll never go back to marry. I will never remarry my ex wife. That's a fact. <laughs> but uh, but I but I, you never know what could happen, and and I have no you know there's no ill feelings towards Skate Park of Tampa. So it's like if there was. You know, we, who knows? We end up might working together on this down the road. Who the hell knows? It doesn't even matter. And and if it's for the good of skateboarding, I'm down. That's you know, the like, part. That's it's the like, beauty of. That's the part. That's yeah. important for sure. That's more important you know, than any you, emotions between each other. I yeah. think the growth of skateboarding for everybody is really important because yeah. <laughs> that's what brings yeah, so much yeah. joy and happiness. Like for me, skateboarding right. saved my life, and it's because of people like you that supported it and built it and gave to it. Like that's the most yeah. beautiful part for sure. You know, so so we just moved forward as soon as I was free from Spot Productions, um, and we dissolved that company. You know, we just moved. You know, Brian, we sold Damn Man back to Brian, so we owned it. Rob and I owned it, and then we sold it back to him because we, we had two thirds ownership of him. We sold it back to him. Classy We, we could have buried it. We could have buried it, and we could have done been, but we didn't because we didn't want to hurt. What we we worked on this for years. We yeah. didn't want to damage what that was, and and that's the, the, the God's honest truth, man. It's like it looked like to Brian, I think that we. We did want to hurt it and hurt him and, and, and take him out, but we didn't want to do that. We just wanted our piece of it and to be able to walk away with that. And then we wanted him to go, hey, oh, you want Damn Am? No problem. You want the scoring system? No problem. But you have to pay for it. I mean, it's like there's value there. Yeah. So so that's it, you know. So that that's the way that's the way we ended up, you know, uh, splitting the whole company up. So I mean, we certainly were happy on our end. Whether he was or not, whatever, but sure as hell worked out good for him. Because look, two years later, they got that partnership with with Street League, and everything looks awesome. And it's like, sure looks like it worked out to me. Their show yeah. is their show this year. The show being the contest was fucking amazing. I enjoyed it. They had uh, Pat Duffy and Rob Welsh playing music in the fucking back. That was so rad. Great man. Um, yeah, sure. I also think I also think that contest. Um, Street League's cool and all. Like skater to skater here, street league being involved, yeah. cool, whatever, financially, blah blah blah. But I really think what made that contest so special to me was like the moments from the skateboarders that were out there, like Tyrone Olson switch hard flip the stairs. Like I just gotta see Ty, I gotta see T Bone switch fucking hard flip the stairs, and he like worked for it, and that was like a moment that I was like, this is like a childhood moment. I'm getting to watch this. He, you know, T Bone's older, and like you don't expect it. You're like, holy shit. There was right. like a lot of good moments like that, and it was same with Rob Welsh and Pat Duffy. It was like these yeah. dudes come together to make like a 
acoustic band. I, like I didn't even know what I was getting into, and it was like one of those moments that were fucking beautiful. I think the I love skateboarders. I'm just gonna keep ranting about how much I like skateboarders. No, no, I'm with you, and I, I'm, I feel the same way. Like I got home on a Saturday from the skate park. Was it Saturday or fr- no? It was Friday after work. I think I don't remember. I think it was Friday after work. I went to my office and I came back. And I got home and Pat Duffy was in my in my driveway. How like, sick. Wow. Like, it's a big deal to me still, you know. I mean, he's Pat Duffy, you know. And even though I'm friends with him, I still put him on this kind of higher level on pedestal of, like, he's a, he's a really big deal, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I, uh, I I definitely fan out the same way and, and I get psyched the same way. And, you know, like, when I see guys like Grant Taylor, you know, skate and I, it just blows me away. He doesn't even have to do much for me. He can do just kind of roll around and I'm like – that is the fucking best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, right there, She's so graceful and amazing. And then, and then the technical abilities of guys like Luan and Shane O'Neill. Like you know, we had we had four four guys that I work with. We do business management for Shane and Ashad, and so they're both golden ticket holders. And then Boo, it was his first Tampa Pro. He's he uh, he's one of our dudes, and Felipe Gustavo is one of our dudes, and we fully represent Felipe and do his business management stuff, do his deals and business management. Right. So we're so proud of our four guys, especially Boo and Boo and Felipe. Felipe, who wanted to be in street league so bad, earned a spot in it. We think it's amazing. And then and then Boo, it was his first Tampa Pro, and George that I work with made a last minute effort to get Boo out to the contest, and he made it work. And then Boo made the finals, man. He got twelfth place, and it's just like amazing. And to be able to work with these dudes, to be able to run have run and worked at that contest for both those years and then be on this other side where I get to still support it in a, in a roundabout way in an indirect manner. And then the guys I work with benefit from it. It's, it's pretty rad. I'm pretty stoked that I can still be part of it. Like yeah, that. that's awesome. And, and I was going to say about Felipe, uh, I, I'm big on narratives. I'm big on people's stories. Cause I have one, you know what I mean? And I always want to express myself and share my story. Cause that's my therapy. You know what I mean? I grew up situation and I just want to get it all out while I'm alive, you know? But uh, Felipe has a sick narrative, too, coming over from Brazil, and his dad brought him, and, like, that whole story about winning Tampa Am, and, like, it's cool that uh, he got into Street League. Like, uh, I like seeing people's yeah. plight and seeing them successful is beautiful to me. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to get into what you're doing now. Like, uh, maybe you talked about the manage, man, management, but maybe we can talk about the board are and just where where it's going yeah. and what the direction yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, with the border, the border um, you know, we, we – uh, started doing events right away and we basically needed a name for the company and, and that Rob's idea was the border. Um, and border. it was the, basically the, what the border is, is, is where you are an event and production company as well as retail. So like, I guess I'll throw the word consultation in there too, because we can kind of do whatever. If someone comes to us and says, I want Tony Hawk at my kid's bar mitzvah. We can do that. Or yeah. if they're like Adidas came to us and wanted us to create some sort of contest series for them. So we created skate Copa, you know, and then with the border am, you know, we had been, we had been working with ESPN as their sports organizers or competition organizers at, uh, at the X games, you know, for the, the street and park. And then we told them, we're like, we should do an am contest. You guys are blowing it by not having ams. And they were like, okay, do an am contest, see how it works. And we did an am contest last year. And then we said, we need to do an AM series leading up to the AM contest. And they said, okay, go ahead and do that. And that's how we, that's how we do the border AM, you know? Sick. And then Grind for Life, you know, we partnered with uh, Mike Rogers, Grind for Life Foundation organization. It's such a great a great charity, and Mike's such a, you know, an, a hero to everybody. He, so killed, he killed it this year, too, at the ta- the contest. Yeah, he's the best, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so we... Um, you know, we partnered up with him and we helped raise money for his organization by doing that grind for life series. So it was like, so we're kind of like event organizers, event producers, consultants. And then 
we try to take all those eyeballs that are on us and and um, turn it around and, and do retail sales. So we have a, a brick and mortar store in Ebor, in, I mean in Ebor, in uh, in Drew Park, which is just right by the stadium in Tampa, with along with our TF that we have there. And then we do online shipping and receiving there. You know, um, it's our kind of headquarters. And then we're opening a store in Gainesville right now, which is about two hours north of Tampa. Right. So, and the stores yeah, are all so, border. Yeah, called yeah. It's all going to be called the border. Yeah, Perfect. so it'll be the border Gainesville. And if it's successful, we'll do the border somewhere else. You know, we'll just keep we'll just keep kind of adding on to it. You know, we um you know I have a lot of experience in retail. So my and I'm, I'm plus I'm just a skater. I like product and I like you know just like I like it. You know, and I like employing skaters and people wanted to work with us. You know, so it's just like you know I just wanted to to, to we didn't need to do that, but I, I wanted to do that just because it, it feels like it's like having a table. And the more legs your table has, the more stable it is. So we have the event business, we have the management business, and we have the retail. You know, so it's kind of all they all work together, but they are all three separate companies. Even though we all just we call it the border, yeah, three separate. Companies. I'm, I'm with you. It. I'm with you. I do the same thing. Like so, I run the New England Am. I do all I need skateboards, and then I do the Shetler Show podcast, which is my form of advertisement at the moment, and yeah. and also way also a great way to network with awesome people and. uh you know yeah. grow as an individual but the legs of the table is a good analogy man i've never thought of that yeah. it's beautiful i stole that i stole that from jim thibault oh jim, jim thibault yeah. is the man <laughs> yeah, Every- he's like you know definitely someone i look up to and respect he's like a mentor he's always been very supportive of me when i worked at skate park and when i didn't work there anymore you know we maintained a great red friendship and you know we we actually manage the guns of all people wow it's the, it's the most amazing thing so i talked to jim quite a bit you know because of crooked and, and all that so and that's my relationship with Adidas. We had just done Gons as Adidas deal, and then right after that, I already it was a it was a good, smooth, you know, deal and agreement, and everything went well. So then when we pitched them on Skate Copa, we didn't have the name yet, but we pitched. It was just called a shop battle or something, is what we called it at the time. And they wanted to use Skate Copa, and and uh, when we pitched them on that. We had already had a good experience working with Gons, so it like led into the next, you know, the next thing. You know, genius so how that works. Kind of, yeah, you know, with like Felipe, like he rides for the border, but we also manage him, you know, and, and so it's like it works really well, you know. The, the you know the last commercial we filmed it had Felipe in it, you know, and and like I don't know if you ever saw the intro commercial we did for uh, the Border Am with Austin Gillette where we go to his house. One of the funniest so, fucking things, dude. He's such a dick, but yeah. in a funny way. <laughs> oh yeah, right. And I've known him since he was like little, right? So because he skated in Tampa Am and Damn Am, so I've known him for a long time. And then we manage, we do his business management stuff. So it's like, hey, can you help us do this? And as a favor, and we'll have fun because he always liked our skits and we like his skits. So it was like, you know, you, you have that. So when, you know, that goes back to the, all the legs of the table. It's like you're doing all these different things and they're complementing each other. Yeah. You know, and one can hold up the other one when one's weak, you know, because we're just building a retail. It takes so long to have a, a solid retail business. And, and, uh, and so that, you know, the other ones are pitching that the, the, that up now, you know. So, yeah, do, and then eventually it'll, it'll stand on its own. Do you, do you find um, comfort in knowing that you, that you won't give up on something? Because I, I tend to learn, I'm learning that now. Like, I have, like, a lot of anxiety and worry because you take on a lot of responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's people that rely on you and, you, you know, and you want to, you don't want to let anyone down. But I think the comfort comes from, like, knowing that, you won't give up on something, and I think skating teaches us that. You know what I mean? Like that perseverance. It, it does for sure. Yeah, because yeah, the learning process of skateboarding—you you can't give up. You have to continue and, and, and persevere. You know, and, and push forward. And I think in business is the same way. It's like it's a, it's a truly a battle in business, and it's and it's a constant hustle. I'm just like a 
I'm like a professional hustler. I do. I'm a legal hustler. Like I'm not doing anything illegal, but I'm but I'm hustling all the time. You're hustling from deal to deal, and some deals are three hundred dollars, and some deals are three hundred thousand dollars. And it's like crazy how it works. And we, but we put the same effort. Like if you pay us three hundred dollars to do something for you, you get the same service as if whatever ESPN you know may, pays us to, to to film the TV show for world for. Uh, for the real street that we're doing this year, we're filming a TV show for them, you know, behind the scenes. We do a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, that people don't know that it's us. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, a lot of stuff you've been mentioning, I'm, like, blown away because, like, I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff, and you got, like you said, you yeah. don't always put your stamp on it. So it's cool to know that all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I was going to say another analogy I like to use with what you were describing was, like, I tell kids and people around me all the time, I'm like, pick up pennies because I see people walk by change on the ground all day long, and it's like, if you pick that up, and you have good qualities, you'll know what to do with it, whether it's 300 or it's 600,000. It's like yeah. if you apply hard work and effort and creativity to it, it's you're going to get value from it and don't it, walk it, by it. You know what I mean? Like pick it up. It's so true, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that that goes along with like a lot of the time we get caught up in trying to do and it's like, "Well, hey, wait, let's pull it back and just do a better job with what we're already doing because we don't have a lack of ideas. It's not like we need to sit around and brainstorm ideas. The shit's getting thrown at us. You know, I mean, I have a stack of work this big in my office that it's like I have to keep finishing the, the, the contracts to get them done so, so, so we can forward. do the job and, and get paid and do the cool and do the event or whatever, you know, consulting or whatever it is we're doing. And it's like there's no lack of that. So it's not like we need to we need to do a really good job with what's in front of us, and that's a, that's always the challenge because you know skateboarding you're always trying to do the next thing like oh what should we do next or do next I mean you have to think about all of what's next but for me sometimes it's like okay pull a step back and what do I say no to because I'm not I'm not good at that like sometimes you have to say no yep. and it, and it's yep. just about being it's about being smart I mean you can break it down to any analogy you want it's like you know you have to pick what's most important and put your effort into that you know and 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 that's just the way it is and that's been a it's been a learning experience for me because, you know, over the years, you just get, you just, I'm not wise by any means, but you, you learn, you gain some wisdom because you learn and, and you're like, oh, we have a, we have a girl in our office. She's 20 years old and she's ambitious and just awesome and very intelligent. And she's, and she's, you know, like overzealous sometimes. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I can't like really explain it to you because I'm 41 and you're 20, but just trust me on this one that it's not a good idea. And it's just like, but why? And I'm like, I get it. You, you you have something to say. You always have something to say because you're smart and you think and you care and you're passionate. I get it, but trust me, don't worry about that again. Put it out of your head. And it's like it's hard to like explain that to someone other than, hey, just trust me. I've been there and I understand what's valuable and what's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, man. I'm learning that as well. I, I think I learned. Uh, I like you were talking about earlier. I figured out what I needed in my life, and that's why I need name the brand all I need because that was all like I need. a. Yeah, all I need. It's like everyone has needs in their life, and when you figure out your needs, then you know how what to hustle towards. You know, like if for you skating's a need, then you need to hustle because then you can keep it in your life and have more joy. And it's like, Ask me. yeah, exactly. So and yeah. so that's like a huge turning moment. And I had that moment, and I na- that's why I na- that's why I named it that. I was like, I'm just gonna put a stamp on this moment. And this is like skateboarding's a need, and I'll sacrifice work a nine to five, whatever I have to do to help grow skateboarding and contribute to it, and whatever. Because like, not only does it bring us joy, but it brings the people around us joy. You know what I mean? Like all my friends, the team riders, like everyone involved is like Ramsey. You know, like he loves skating yeah. so much, and he gets to be a part of it by skating and being a personality, and like people know Ramsey, and it's like that's people such know. A, yeah, it's such yeah. a beautiful thing, man. Um, 
I guess I, I we could talk for hours, man. But I I know you're. I, I don't want to keep you for too long, and so we're about an hour right now. I guess um I had another question though, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. Um, it's kind of like I don't really. I kind of have opinions, but I don't really know how I stand on everything. But I wanted to ask you how you feel about outside money, like not. How do you feel about big corporations coming into skateboarding? And then, and keep in mind, I'm o- open-minded. I'm not like judging. Yeah. I just am curious well, to hear people's perspective. I think that if, I think that if, um, I'll use a Mike V quote: "Is that <laughs> as long as you're giving back, you're not selling out. As long as you're giving back, and and I think that that's pretty true. And you know, we get accused of things sometimes. You know, because when people view you as I don't even know what they view me as, but successful, powerful, ability to do things, get things done, whatever they, they, they whatever description you want to call that. Yeah. It they they look at us like, oh, you're you're taking all this corporate money and you're 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 selling out and you're not true to skateboarding. And I'm like, man, I've been taking corporate money for over a decade and turning around and doing good things in skateboarding with it. It's not like some new thing that we're doing. I mean, we've been taking corporate money when I worked at the park. Yeah. I take it now and I, and I turn around and I do shit like build a mini ramp in my TF that you can skate for free. And I build a driveway that I can have a fun event on, invite pros and friends that come into town and do, and provide food and drinks for them all day for free. Hell because yeah. I took the corporate money and I did something good in skateboarding with it. Of course, there are sacrifices that you make by you know, representing certain things and, you know, speaking kindly of certain things that you may not like, but I can't say that I've ever like, like done anything against my will for, for money. Like I don't, like, you know what I mean? It's, I've always believed in it because even if I didn't like use the product that I pr- promoted, yeah. like I didn't, I did not support the product I promoted. You know what I mean? Like if, if, uh, I, you know, so I, I look at it as like very positive because like, man, Look at how many careers skateboarding has because of Nike. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, look at how many careers. And you can like it or not like it, and maybe we should be supporting it or not. It's the same thing with Adidas and New Balance coming in now and, you know, Red Bull and Monster and all that. But it's like, man, they are they're funding careers and skaters and allowing them to get more kids involved in skating. Because if it was all up to the small hard goods brands and the, and the, the, the skateboarding shoe companies, well, every pro would make $18,000 a year. And no one, everyone have to have jobs and no one be able to be lifelong skateboarders and AMs would have to have jobs. And, you know, it's like, it wouldn't work. So the funding, the outside funding is, I think it's great. Like we have something they want and that's called cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Skateboarding's awesome. (laughs) Skateboarding's cool. I'll say this. I'll say, sorry to cut you off, but I'll say this about before we move forward. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And actually when I think of dudes that have huge contracts like that, I actually worry for them. Because I know how much of a fall it is from there, you know, especially if they don't have someone like you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, a lot of skateboarders, yeah. they get successful, and that's, you know, look at the stats with football players. Like, they're all broke, and they make a yeah. lot of money, and they don't know how to manage it. It's like, it. I, I've ridden for questionable companies my whole career, you know, but I came, I, like, I came from the projects to where I am now, and, like, I knew needed money to do it. It was like, either that or I'm going to be work, yeah. working a job and not putting that time into developing my skating. So I rode for Zoo York, you know, which was owned by Echo, and I rode for World Industries. And you know like, what, though, but, I, who cares? Because Zoo York was started with like the right thing in mind, and, and legendary skaters and employees and industry people have worked for Zoo York. I mean, yeah. I don't view that as like a big deal at all. It's like, 
you know, Kevin Taylor still rides for New York and gets paid for them, and he's fucking like living legend. Yeah, and and, so it's like, and, and it's totally it's to, Mike V nailed it. It's it's what you invested in because that was my whole that's my whole plan was like I want to stay in skateboarding as long as possible and just keep multiplying skateboarding, you know. And I knew yeah. I would take on the responsibility of starting a brand or doing whatever needed to be done as I get older to like keep it going. And I built up this whole narrative with people here that help me. And we, I have kids that ride for me and all this stuff that like we have the contest, like everything you guys are doing, but like on a smaller level still growing. Yeah. But like that's all from my, my willingness to like take that money from, you know, the the, yeah. the Empire the Empire Strikes Back and like put it into skating, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with that is the way I view it. I mean you you know, and, and it's not like you're hurting th- you're you're doing good things with the money and I, I view that you know, and, and then you have to make a living for yourself <coughs> along the way. What do you supposed to do? Just like struggle for your whole life for to, like what's wrong with making money? If you're doing good things and positive things with the money, exactly, like, what's the big deal? Yeah, you know, and money, you know, some people are like, money's evil, money's that fuck. If I had a bunch of money, I could do some amazing things. Yeah, you know, and it, it's all like the more money you have, and if you have a level head, like, like some people get money and they buy a Bentley. You know, like I, I'm not interested. You know, I, I, I could buy a new car. I have a 12 year old truck. I don't need a new car. You know, it's like, and, and and for me, like if I had millions of dollars or I got to influence millions of dollars on how I would spend it. Man, I could do some great. I could do some great things, you know. And I, I feel like we work that hard for the people we work for. Like with Adidas, like the money they give us to do skate cope. I feel like we maximize the, the the experience that skaters get for the amount of money that we get paid to do it, you know. And, and we turn that around and go, well, yeah, of course I'm making money off it. And we and we, you know, are living comfortably. Like why the fuck shouldn't we? Yeah. Like, but at the same time. We're, we're turning around and doing and creating rad experiences for people and values for brands. It's not just I'm taking their money and going, hey, here's, you know, he, he, here, oh, oh great, uh, thanks for the money, I'm going to pay my mortgage. It's like, no, I'm creating a value for your brand and I'm giving skaters a good experience. Like, it's a win-win all the way around. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that because I kind of felt like you felt, I, I you know, I, fe- I knew you felt similar to how I feel about it. And I feel like skateboarding is like a little bit immature at times and it's almost crabs in a barrel, you know, that everyone's pulling each other down just because they don't yeah. want someone to get out. And it's like, well, you let someone get out, he might be able to help you put the rope yeah. down and we could all get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I like hearing, I like hearing that because I battled that as a young kid a lot. Just like, am I crazy? Am I a sellout? Am I... I'm like, no, I don't no. think so. Like, I'm just happy to be eating. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, man. Yeah, right, right. And I have... I don't have like cars either. I don't care about flashy things. I want to put money into skateboarding and creating and cool yeah. fucking shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I put money into like my house. I mean, I live here though. It's like I put money into my office because I work there. But it's like you know, I put money into some tangible things. A home is a beautiful thing, but, dude. But, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but but like I don't put I don't spend outrageous amounts. I you know on on jewelry or whatever like that. You know. I can yeah, see so your whatever. fan. I can see your fan. You don't have a chandelier. It's kind of just. Dude, look at that. Fan, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. Uh. <laughs> what what was I gonna say? I'm sorry. Um. Man, honestly, I'm 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 stumped right now. But I enjoyed this conversation so much, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, because a lot of people are nervous about podcasts, and I don't understand why. But I'm stoked that you're brave enough to come on and talk about all this stuff. Because it's cool for people to listen and hear it, and just know that like there's people out there like you that you know can you can aspire to like 
you can hear stories. If you're like I, I listen to my podcast while I work. You know what I mean? I listen to great minds, That's thinkers, right. people trying, artists, like all these expressions of life, and it helps enrich my life just by listening to other people's stories. So I really appreciate that you're brave enough and you have humility and you can talk about stuff and like. It's fucking awesome. I wish more skateboarders. You know, you know, skateboarders are amazing. They have characters, stories. They have like so much shit, value, valuable shit that's not money based. Valuable stuff that we could share. You know, and I wish more people would podcast or come on. Or <laughs> it's crazy. That's cool, man. Um, I got. Yeah, and I appreciate everything, Ryan. And like I said, man. Um, actually, before I end the podcast, how I like to end it is if you want to plug. Anything that you want to promote, you know what I mean, like the border, like yeah. social media, anything people can check out what yeah. you're doing at. Yeah, you can just check theborder.com, t h e b o a r d r dot com, and that's all of our events and our, our store and everything. So yeah, just check that out. That's all, and it's at the border on Instagram. So yeah, man, we just we just we're we're stoked that people are into what we do, and we're, we're really grateful to just be able to have jobs in skateboarding and have supporters. So thanks to everybody that supports anything the border does, or anything I've done personally, or had my back so thank you to everyone that has dude that's so cool and um actually once we hang up i'm just gonna call you because i just want to finish up all right okay all right thank you ryan you're welcome all right bye see ya hang on brothers and sisters liberation is near it's almost time Experience the train of thought. Hot the board. Come on, experience rocking with the reed.